Hey, it's Hoagie's Garage. How we doing, Tobe? Hey, can't complain again. Pretty nice day. You bet. You bet. We, uh, we're lucky enough to have uh, Sean Neistad, I think I'm saying that right, from uh, Houston Speedway. I, I uh, you know, always have enjoyed listening to him um, do the announcing, and, uh, you know, it's going to be fun. You probably don't get to hear him much down there in the propane truck. Not a lot when we're pushing, especially being the one speaker didn't work in turn three this year, so I didn't hear much of anything ever. Maybe we got to point that out yeah, to him. Yeah, we'll mention it to him. <laughs> All right, when we come back, we're going to have Sean on. like to thank Octane Inc. from T, South Dakota. They pretty much do a little bit of everything. They are known for their wraps. They wrap golf carts, uh, snowmobiles, um, trailers, sprint cars, hobby stocks. It doesn't matter. Uh, side by sides, they wrap it. Uh, they also do coolers, and they will also do clothing. You can have t-shirts made there. Um, you name it, these guys can do it. I work with Brett uh, Vanderbrink all the time. He is amazing, and I can't thank him enough for how much he helps me. And if I were you guys, I would definitely check out Octane Inc. You can contact them by calling 605-213-8343. It is 800 East Prescott in T, South Dakota. And again, they're just great people to work with. And hey, we're back here with uh, Sean. And Sean, is it Sean Neistead? Am I saying that right? It is. It is. It's a... Uh... It's a crazy last name, isn't it? It's got way too many letters for as simple as it is to say. <laughs> I agree with that. I agree with that. Hey, give us a little update about what, you know, who you are and uh, your family and what you're doing. Well, uh, I've been at this a little while now. I'm a racing announcer from up here in South Dakota. Um, been at Houston Speedway for a long time. Um Started way back uh, 2001 at Lake County Speedway up in Madison, South Dakota. Uh, ended up the following season um, down in Rock Rapids, Iowa, at Rapid Speedway, announcing the races there. And worked the infield for, uh, for a couple of years at Houston Speedway and uh, went up to the booth after a couple of seasons. Uh, been there ever since. Um, in the meantime, uh, also been uh, at uh, what was Jackson Speedway for several years. Um, up until 2016, um, did 2007 to 2016 over there, I think it was, and um, still over there some, and um, doing some of the, the Midwest Sprint Touring Series stuff, some of the Tri-State Late Model Series stuff, so I'm pl uh, plenty busy when it comes to racing announcing in, uh, in the summertime, um, when I'm not. Um, I, I do get to go fishing a little bit here and there. Take the go with the family. I'm married. I've uh, been married for a long time. We got a son, uh, Hayden. Uh, Hillary and I do, and uh, he's 11, and uh, he loves racing and he loves baseball and uh, and all sorts of sports. So, um, if I'm not at the racetrack uh, on a on a weekend day, I'm I'm usually at a baseball diamond all summer long. Uh, them kids will keep you busy with them sports. You'll find something to do every weekend if you ain't careful. They do, and it's it's fun. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, this last summer. You know, he really you know stepped up his games, and 
uh, you know, there were early, early Saturday mornings and it was like, oh man, this is a long day. You know, if I'd been in Rock Rapids the night before or, uh, you know, and then, you know, you got, got Hartford that night or got to hit the road and, and go somewhere. And, but man, those are, that's they, so fun. And, uh, uh, I, I usually, you know, us announcers can kind of be loudmouth. So I just try to sit there on the, uh, down the baseline and, keep my mouth full of sunflower seeds so I don't talk too much. <laughs> there you go. Oh. So what actually got you started announcing? Was it something you always thought about doing or did you just get thrown into it one night? Um, a little bit of both. Um, I, w- I was in high school uh, at that point and uh, I was interested in going into communications. I was going to go to Southwest Minnesota State um, for a communications degree and at the time, the week after the Knoxville Nationals, Houston's had what was called the Gold Cup, yep. um, a special event for 410 sprint cars. Uh, and the Rubin family owned Houston's at that time. They also owned um, and ran the races Saturday nights in Madison, South Dakota at Lake County Speedway. Mark Tassler was the announcer for both racetracks. So the season kind of was in that midpoint and I had mentioned it a couple times. I wanted to give it a try. Um, and so yeah, I was like, you know, that night that the gold cup, you know, Mark's going to be at Houston's, I can do Madison. And, you know, they were kind enough to let this kind of punk high school kid, uh, <laughs> get behind the microphone and, uh, give it a try. Um, I was, I think I was 18. Um, you know, anyone who's been in our area, Mark Tassler is uh, a fantastic announcer, but his voice, I mean, uh, the man has the deepest announcing voice you'll hear, you know, like, hey, 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 race fans. And that was a terrible <laughs> impression of him, but he has this deep voice. And so a few weeks before I was going to do the race up in Madison, you know, I was up there. Um, I wrote recaps for the website and for the the newspapers around the area and whatnot. And so I'm sitting there and he's like, Hey, come on down here. You're going to announce this race. It was a sportsman stock car race. And he's like, this is Sean. He's going to announce in a few weeks. Sean, take it away. Good evening, everybody. And, you know, <laughs> to try to follow up his voice is pretty tough, but, uh, it was, it went well. I filled in that night and, um, at the end of the season, he, he came to me and said, well, I'm glad you did that because I've been looking to cut back my nights, um, a little bit. And would you take over up there full time next year? And I did. And the next year, uh, he stepped back from rock rapids. I stepped into there and, uh, next thing you knew, I was, I, I was working racetracks at least three nights a week. You bet. Have, you know, you announce racing. Have you ever driven any kind of race car on the track before? Uh, twice. Um, at the end of the season in Madison one year, we did an officials race, kind of like uh, what they do in Rock Rapids with the mechanics races now. Yep. We did an officials race, and if you took my job as the racetrack worker, I got to drive your car. Or if I drove your car, you had to do my job. Um, so Nick Beinhoff was racing the sportsman stock car division, which back then wasn't like the sportsman you see now in Rock Rapids. It was the stepping stone between hobby stocks and our late model street stock class we have in our area, kind of like a USRA or IMCA stock car type car. 
but we called them sportsmen back then. Um, and so I got to get into Nick Bayenhoff's car that night. Uh, he went up top to announce uh, fellow Rock Rapids racer Jody Rosenboom went up there. I think Jody's <laughs> probably a little more of a talker than Nick on the yep. microphone, <laughs> to, to say the least. Um, so they went up and did that. Some of us uh, track workers and officials got behind the wheel. Um, it was fun. I, I don't know. I think we did 10 laps. Um, it was pretty cool. A uh, couple guys hit. Uh, one guy lifted up the rear end of another guy's. They, they were to the inside of me in turn two. And I remember looking over at that and going, Oh, don't <laughs> slide up and hit me. Cause I didn't want to have to go down to, to Nick's shop and, and help those guys fix that car. That was, you know, I'm not a mechanically inclined person. Heard Blake tell you guys that a couple weeks ago, Blake yep. Anderson for the all-stars. Uh, maybe that's an announcer thing. We, we talk, we don't fix stuff, but, uh, we did that. Uh, that was really cool. And uh, as a, I think it was a high school graduation present, uh, my girlfriend at the time, my now wife, um, at that time, Terry McCarl was doing a driving school at Houston Speedway. So he'd come up here, race on Sunday. On Monday, you could drive his car. Or he had a two-seater that he would give you rides in at the racetrack. So I, I got to drive his uh, 410 sprint car around Houston Speedway and I think the the pace car probably would have uh, left me in the dust, but no, it was no really track cool record. You're saying no, no, but boy, did I feel like I was flying. Uh, <laughs> those things are so wicked. Like you don't realize, like until you're in there and moving. Like one, you can't see. What you can see is to your left and down, you can see the left rear tire. So I remember pushing off and looking at that going, well, that's weird. Because <laughs> like, the, the tire's right there. You can reach out and touch the thing. Yeah. And so, um, and then the second you touch the throttle, like the, 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 what the, the suspension does and how the car kind of lifts up for a moment, it was, it was just weird. Uh, but really good perspective, uh, both of those experiences to know, uh, generally in a race car, you can't see much, which is really weird. Probably even helps with the announcing a little bit now that you did that. I mean, you got the perspective from both ends of it, you could say. Yeah, I'd say the, the, the stock car experience was probably more eye-opening for me. Um, I, I always knew vision wasn't great. Um, for a while, uh, here in Brandon, um, Chad Shetler, who raced back in the day and was very good yep. uh he lived right next to my grandparents so i'd walk over and there were times you know i'd be in his car and you know you you kind of have an idea what the vision is but until you're out there on the racetrack and it's like you know i you can't see you're you're so cocooned in these things you can't see left and right um uh, you've got a little bit of vision in front of you and it's like you know it, i think if if the average race fan had that experience it's it's not like you're driving down the road and you're ford taurus uh, you can look around, you're buckled in, you can't move a whole lot, your vision's really restricted. And I think if the average fan would, would experience that, they'd have a uh, even greater appreciation for what the drivers do out there in all divisions. My brother said that several times back when Steve Fulkins experimented in the sprint car world racing. Mm -hmm. he, my brother was the only one that would fit in the seat. So when Steve was gone trucking, he'd have to fire the car and it was nothing fancy. I mean, it was no high-dollar rig, but Brad said you, the, the throttle response and stuff, he said, it's just incredible in them things. Yeah, it, the, the slightest flinch, and I never even got close to maybe even half throttle when I was in that 410 sprint car, but, I mean, uh, 
these guys sneeze in the car and, the, and your leg moves a little bit and it's like, whoa, you know, that thing just crumbles <laughs> yeah, underneath a, you. Especially a 410, you know, this was just a little cheap 360 back in the day, but... <laughs> <laughs> that was the craziest thing is it was it was legit a 410 it was his car fresh off of the night before you know back then he was winning oh, yeah. uh, almost every night from you know 8th 10th 12th whatever kind of lineup system we we threw at him he had to start way back and uh that was it was the car it, there was no limiter on it and uh, he's got a great story. He he did the same thing down at uh, Southern Iowa Speedway down at Oskaloosa, which is a big half mile. And uh, some guy got in his car and put it right to the floor. And uh, I think it probably took five years off of Terry's life when that guy <laughs> did that. It's a great story. Thinking he was going to need a new car when that got done. <laughs> new car, new engine, everything. Because the track was dry and it just pegged, you know, pegged oh, the revs. The and, RPMs were out the wall. Oh, out the yeah. Ceiling. Yeah, you get Terry wound up and get him to tell that story. It's a good one. I'll have to ask him some night in the pits if he's standing around <laughs> not looking real busy. Yeah, there you go. What what if you could pick a race to announce, what would be like your dream race to announce? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I've gotten to announce some really cool stuff around here and the racetracks around here are really where my heart's at. Um but gosh, I mean how could you not want to be part of like the Knoxville nationals or something like, like that? Yeah. And I think we've got a really great opportunity at Houston's uh, with the, the high bank nationals as it's called this year. Yeah. Um, I think we're really going to, that, that race is going to build into something really incredible. Um, so I'm, I'm fortunate to get to be part of that. Knox will be cool. Um, I really like the world finals out in, in Charlotte at the end of the year with the outlaws. Um, I think that's a really cool event. Um, if, if I wouldn't get to work that one, I, I need to get out there and, and see that one. See it once, yeah. mm -hmm. All right. All right. Hey, we're going to take our first break and then we'll be right back with Sean. The Laurel Ridge barn. It can host corporate events, fundraisers, award ceremonies, family reunions, photography, studio time, and always weddings. This barn is absolutely spectacular. If you have not seen it, you have to go to their website, laurelridgebarn.com. Um, you can also call them at 605-951-0867. You can call or text that number. Again, that's 605-951-0867. They are located at 47677. Slip Up Creek Road. No, I didn't make that up. It's 47677 Slip Up Creek Road in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So if you have a wedding or any of those other things, give them a look because I'm telling you, this place is amazing. All right, we're back with Sean again. Um, a quick question. How, how early do you have to show up like at Hussett's on a Sunday to get everything ready? I mean, is there a lot of prep? for you getting started, especially now with like dirt vision involved? Um, yeah, I show up early, uh, almost everywhere I announce. It's, it's just kind of my thing. Um, I know some announcers roll in, you know, 30 minutes before they need to crack the mic or, you know, 15 minutes before hot laps. That's not my style. I don't, I don't like that. I don't, I, I would be so anxious driving to the racetrack that way. Um, I'm usually at Houston. It's probably around two o'clock in the afternoon, two thirty. 
um, most days. Um, my prep work, uh, that's usually done at that point. Um, I'll spend, you know, time during the week getting everything ready. I have, I'm a, I'm an Excel spreadsheet nerd. Um, so I've got spreadsheet pages after pages after pages of stats from the racetracks where I work. And so I've got that updated. Um, it's, it's searchable so I can find a driver. So if someone's going across the finish line, I can type in their name and I know how many wins they have when the last time they went, uh, went to victory lane. I got a lot of that from a man named Butch Naus who lives up here in South Dakota and has done, uh, so much research on all of the, the local racing scene and, um, got a lot of that info from him a few years ago. And then I've, I've reformatted it, um, to be a, a little easier to search and then, um, just keep up with that. Um, I keep all my rosters. So, uh, I don't right, wrong or, or otherwise, you know, some of us announcers like to say a lot of sponsor stuff. Some of us don't, um, but I've got all that, all that info and driver stats all in my rosters, um, that I, that I create and those, um, I've got ready to go and updated before I even think about going to the racetrack. So you're saying um, you don't have somebody in your ear giving you all that information like the big people do on national TV. Gosh, <laughs> wish I did. You know, it'd be, it'd be a lot easier. Um, but then, you know, when I get to the racetrack, um, it's generally, you know, get my, my computer plugged into the sound system, get everything turned on. Um, I'm still old school. I like to turn everything on, you know, make some noise, walk through the stands and make sure you know, all the speakers are working and everything sounds fine. Um, Houston's is really weird because the, the, the soundboard is actually down in a booth down in turn one. And so, you know, sometimes I'll get to my booth way, way up top and then get everything going. And uh, it re- relays from up there down to the actual soundboard. And then I'll, you know, I'll get all the way up top and realize like it's not turned on down below. And then I get to walk and it's good for me. You know, I need to get the steps. in, But <laughs> Um, and then after that, it's, it's, you know, walk around if there's new cars, go get the information on the driver, who they are. Um, and the, you know, if they've got any stories or if you stumble into any stories in the pit area, there's always a million and, um, then getting ready for the night, figuring out, you know, having all the sponsor stuff ready to go. Um, having, if you've got lucky programs, you just got to have everything relatively organized and at your fingertips because the, the big thing that has changed with what we do versus what I did when I, I first started in this is the broadcast. Like you guys mentioned, Houston's being on dirt vision, you know, back in the day it was, you know, here's heat race number three coming to the green. It's eight laps and they went green and you turned your microphone off until they had a yellow or a checkered. Now you're doing play by play every moment, every lap all night long. So you don't have that break to, oh, crap, where did I leave the, leave this paper? Oh, it's in the back of the room. You don't have that chance to, to leave and walk away for a moment. So earlier in this last little segment, you mentioned speakers. Does that mean they're going to fix the one in the infield in turn three? Because I can never hear anything on the push truck. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear anything on the infield <clears throat> anywhere. Well, uh, even between I, the races when you're talking and stuff, you know, we couldn't yeah. hear nothing down there ever anymore. <laughs> they're gonna. I think they're looking at some different ones down there. I know the the wind pulled one of the wires out over there at one point last year. Um, if if I had my way, we'd we'd redo some speakers up in the stands and, and change some stuff. And I I know it's all in their long term plans out there. They're going to change a lot of things still and. 
um, that'll be cool. But yeah, there's a couple little things that, that still need some work. You bet. I, and you kind of addressed this, but are you just the announcer now at Houston's? I know kind of <laughs> before, um, I don't know, maybe it was even before Chuck, I, didn't you have some other roles? What's, what's your current role? Yeah, I'm just the announcer now, which is, is, uh, well, don't say just re- the announcer because that's a fairly important <laughs> position. <laughs> well, it, it, it is, but, uh, it's, it's, it's refreshing for me because back in the day, uh, I had a managerial type role, um, when the Rubin family owned it. Uh, my wife, uh, is, is her maiden name would be Rubin. So I'm very close with that family. Uh, I started working for them when I was 14 years old at Houston's cleaning up garbage. And so that was my first role at the racetrack, uh, one of my first jobs. So uh, I've known that family, you know, my whole life. Uh, so, you know, when it when it's a family business, when it's a small family business, you do what it takes. So um, that means cleaning up garbage. That means cleaning out urinals. That means uh, cleaning up after the floods, all that stuff. I've I've done it. But, yeah, now it's it's just the announcer, which is. Uh, refreshing when someone's mad and they want to come yell at me, I'll listen. You know, if you, if, if I'm sitting having a beer at the, at the bar and you're mad about something that happened that night, and you want to come yell about it. I'll listen to you. And then I'm going to probably tell you to, you know, if you want some kind of resolution, you're gonna have to talk to somebody else. You're find somebody that's got that <laughs> yeah. position. Hey, yeah. did, so when you were young, this is just a really dumb question, but when you were young, I mean, we sit below kind of the pizza ranch below the walkway. We, we kind of like the dirt hitting us, um, the Hoogabeam brothers do. Um, were, did you ever sit down kind of in that area? That's our, yeah, that's our section. Um, that's where I sat. That's what uh, I thought. Yep, part of the, the old Section E crew, yep, uh, which yep. the, the, the greatest thing, and I still enjoy because I still have family members that sit down there in that area. Um, but the, the coolest thing for me was, you know, high school age me and and younger sitting there and it was it it started with my grandpa who started going out there at the very beginning and dates back to the old Sioux Speedway days and you know my mom is there and you know an aunt and I'm sitting there with cousins and uh it was really a, a family deal for us we would gather a lot of us in our family would gather at my grandparents on Sunday afternoon you'd have barbecues and then you'd go out to Houston's and enjoy the night of racing. And, you know, for me, it's always been a, a family deal. So, uh, this, this last summer, the USAC show, uh, which I didn't work. It was the first time I didn't announce a race at Houston Speedway that uh, dating back to 2000, some 2001 or something like that. Oh, wow. It was the first time I, first time I'd ever been legal to sit and drink a beer at a race at Houston's <laughs> and I could because I wasn't working. <laughs> so the USAC night nights were really cool. I got to sit there with my son and my wife and we had never done that in the grandstands at Houston Speedway. Um, and then I, and, and I could drink some beers and I did plenty of them too. So and you got to uh, watch some great races too with that USAC. It was an amazing show. It was fantastic. Uh, those guys out in Indiana that have them all the time. Uh, Rob Goodman, the announcer out of Kokomo uh, Speedway, is a good friend of mine. And I'm, I, I, we're blessed to have what we have around here, but there are times when I'm watching uh, online and watching their races out there, and it's like, goodness, you know, if we had if we had that around here too, like, holy cow. So those USAC shows are a good treat. 
Yeah, I'm glad they're coming back. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. I know um, uh, Matt Wood has a, a long-term plan for that event. I think um, any of us who were there or watched online, we know it, it really wasn't supported really well by our local fans this last <laughs> oh. September. Um, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It was pretty pathetic. Oh, it's terrible. Um, but it was also a pretty tough time of year. When you when you roll into September, everybody is busy. Yep. Um, when you get school and you've got football and all of that stuff, you know, and you, you can sit here and you can make a thousand excuses. Yeah. But September is a tough time for racetracks. And so um, with their, their change of the schedule this year, I think uh, that thing's got great potential. Yeah, they moved it way up. It should be really good. Yep. They should get a good crowd too, I hope. I, I certainly hope so. I mean, there it's the, the facility is leased. It's, it's really not a Houston speedway show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're the facility and, and they've got responsibilities in it as well, but it's Matt Wood's show and he's taking a tremendous risk, putting that much money up on the line for USAC drivers way out of their neck of the woods. And so hopefully it gets well supported and he can continue, continue it and build it into what he, his vision is. <clears throat> what do you think would be one of the what's one of the most memorable races you've ever called if you can pick one out oh there's been a lot um oh boy um there was a night at Houston's and i don't know the year and i couldn't tell you who won but i know it was linton jeffrey mark dobmeyer and i think greg baker went across the finish line three wide at the checkered. And I think Linton was in the air and backwards going across the finish line. Uh, that was a, that was a pretty cool one. Um, and that was before transpires. So I don't know how the hand scores did it. Uh, I think Dobmeyer was declared the winner, but, uh, that was a pretty, pretty cool one. Uh, unfortunately it was, that was before the days of pay-per-views. There's really no video of it. Um, that was a cool one to call. Um, that first night at Madison, I still remember the nerves. I mean, that was really cool. Um, oh boy, there was a Rock Rapids, uh, Rapid Nationals, um, somewhere probably around two thousand four. Uh, that Randy Rosenboom and. Oh, somebody else. We're side by side for the sprint car lead the entire race. And seeing Randy Rosenboom leading a sprint car race in Rock Rapids <laughs> yeah. was so cool. And, you know, being in the covered grandstands and being out with the fans, it, it was just electric. Uh, that was really awesome. Uh, the, the the big Gold Cup thing in the Chuck Day, that was, that was a pretty cool deal because that was my first experience with non-wing 410s. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and getting to work with that whole crew when they came in that year, I mean, they were just such kind, courteous people, gracious guests um, with USAC. They were really, really awesome to work with that year. Um, so that was a cool show, too. Had some great Jackson Nationals over the years. Uh, uh, I always I always have a driver roster in front of me, uh, whether I used, I used to print it or I've got it on my computer. The first time I worked at Jackson Nationals, so it was probably 2008, and this is the old school Jackson Nationals that had everything at it. Yeah. And I would always wander around the, the the infield or sit at the the back gate and get everybody 
and build a roster. And that's what I was going to do at this thing. Well, there ended up being like 240 some bars that night. And I just remember it was like two hours before the races were going to get going. I couldn't, I, I recognized like, I'm not going to get this done. Like I'm just going to have to be that announcer where you just read the lineup and you know, the, the track had a, a computer system then that would give you all the names, but I didn't like that. I wanted my own stuff, but um, I think it was like two hours before the races My my mom and my cousin and some friends and some other family were sitting in the, in the uh, parking lot tailgating. And I just went over and I sat down in a lawn chair with them and I reached in the cooler and I grabbed a beer and I said, this is how it's going to be tonight. <laughs> so that was a pretty cool one too. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, uh, I'm, I'm sure some drivers are a lot easier to talk to than others. Um, do you have a few that are your favorite to talk to? Oh yeah. Um, I, yeah, we're so lucky. We've got so many great racers around our area. Um, and even those that travel in are really cool to sit back with, um, getting to do the property solutions of America, Midwest Sprint touring series deal. Um, I'm always in the trailer with that, uh, before the races, doing the draw, doing the lineups and all that. And Jody Rosenboom is always the most relaxed guy. It was great to see him get a title with, uh, MSTS last year. You know, when he comes in, it's, it's funny to watch him draw cause it's a passing points deal. So it really doesn't matter. Uh, if you start in the front, great. You can run to the front and make the redraw of the top eight for the feature. If you start last in your heat, you got to pass a couple guys. You're going to make the redraw for the feature. So watching him come in and draw, and there's been times where he, you know, reaches in, grabs the poker chip, and just throws it on the table and sits down and starts BSing. Doesn't care where he starts. <laughs> that's that's always fun. Um, yeah, I would say by and large, I get a, I've gotten along with all of them over the years, all around here. Um, yeah, it, we've got awesome people around here. Um, there was, there was one night, uh, I don't, I think Randy Roman was flagging at Houston's at the time and he called, I think Austin McCarl for a jump start and put him back a row. And Terry ended up winning that night and just lit me up in victory lane, chewing me up and down. <laughs> And then I think we went to two twelve that night, and I think we sat down and had beers and ate pizza together. And it was, you know, <laughs> so the heat I mean, of the moment was over, and everything was good. Yep, yep. And it, and that's what I think. You know, a lot of people can see these these drivers, whether it's somebody like that, or even you know Sammy and Steve back in the day when they were breaking each other's noses. You get them away from the racetrack, or get them into a less intense moment. Yeah, we're all we're all the same same people. We're all racing people. Everybody loves and the racing. Yep, that's what we're all there for. We've got, you know, we might see things from different angles, but really we've all got the same interest and love in mind. You bet. All right. Hey, we're going to take one break here, and we'll be right back. like to thank Octane Inc. from T, South Dakota. They pretty much do a little bit of everything. They are known for their wraps. They wrap golf carts, uh, snowmobiles, um, trailers, Sprint cars, hobby stocks, it doesn't matter. Uh, Side-by-sides, they wrap it. Uh, They also do coolers, and they will also do clothing. You can have t-shirts made there. Um, You name it, these guys can do it. I work with Brett uh, Vanderbrink all the time. He is amazing, and I can't thank him enough for how much he helps me. 
And if I were you guys, I would definitely check out Octane Inc. You can contact them by calling 605-213-8343. It is 800 East Prescott in T, South Dakota. And again, they're just great people to work with. All right, we're back here at Hoagie's Garage again. Um, Sean, a quick question for you. It's fairly obvious, but how big of an impact do you think Kyle Larson has had on sprint car racing? Oh, huge. Um, and, and what great timing for it, right? Uh, if this would have happened 20 years ago, you couldn't tune in on a Thursday night in, uh, you know, arm sweat, Pennsylvania or wherever they are, you know, he goes and unloads the late model or unloads the sprint car places you've never heard of. You can watch it live online. And I think it's been huge. And I think, I think probably one of the coolest things I'm seeing now is think of years ago, like when Casey Kane got into NASCAR and it was, Oh, you can't go race those dirt races. Yeah. Now it's, you want to go race dirt? Yeah, have at it. What are you running? Late model, midget, sprint car? What are you going to do? Go get laps and go try to catch up to the talent that we're seeing out of Kyle Larson. And then on the other side of things, you know, those of us in the dirt world, we're seeing other people that, you know, would have 20 years ago looked and went, oh, dirt racing? Ew, dirty. You know, yeah. whatever, you know, their thought of was it, uh, of it. We're seeing them go, you know, that's some pretty badass stuff. I think I want to go check that out in person. And, you know, or at the very least, they're tuning in on Dirt Vision or Flow. And I think that's that's huge. Yeah, and that, absolutely. That's the best part about our garage here is oh. we have three TVs and we start on the <laughs> East Coast and, you know, we keep moving over. But, you know, on Sundays, we're always at Houston's. But, you know, that's, that's our one go-to track every time. And then when MSTS is at Rapid. But, um, you know, that's – it's – like Tobe said earlier uh, to Jody or something, last two years we've we've watched more races than uh, we had in our lifetime. Yeah, the whole lifetime. Yeah, I I think it's kind of weird when when we first I, so I did a pay per view deal at Houston's I don't know like 2012, 2013 started it out there and people were like well, why would you do that? Like it was still kind of this foreign concept and speed shift was starting then. And there were a few others and, you know, dirt vision might've did a few races, uh, around the country at that point. They had their audio deal. And I remember people were like, well, there'll never be a day where someone will choose to stay home instead of being in the grandstands. <laughs> and I, I'm like, well, that's not what we're doing here. But if that's an option for somebody, because, they've got kids and they need to go to bed or, you know, somebody is sick or, you know, there's a million reasons, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah but kids, it was like also, said, you know, everybody grows up and usually grows up and has kids of their own. Then you don't, you know, yeah. when they're two years old, you don't want to take them to the track. The the coolest part of doing that though, was when I could, I, I could print a full report and I knew where everybody was, was watching from and seeing the, addresses of pennsylvania ohio texas oregon washington california seeing those addresses come in and seeing australian addresses come in it was it, it took the sunday night our little dirt track here in, in south dakota and suddenly the world was the audience yep. and 
that's <clears throat> been just so cool to see with with all of this uh, and and I think I've I'm more up to speed on what's going on with the world of outlaws and the all-stars now than ever before we don't right. we don't watch a lot of tv in my household i don't have a show that i've got to sit down and watch every every wednesday night at seven o'clock or whatever but i know i can turn i can turn my fire stick on on my tv at any point and i can watch a race yeah and that's really cool yeah that jody said that too you know he can run a race at Houston, and on his way home he's getting text messages and stuff from people in california that he knows in pennsylvania you know good run tonight whatever they're all watching yeah yeah it's it's crazy and um it's it's kind of funny this last year um i think the first night after Houston, i i never said so we were live on dirt vision and i never said Hey, I'm Sean Neistat, and you can follow me on Twitter. I never, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not. I don't have a great Twitter presence. Uh, I'm. I'm just a, a tick too old for all of that social media stuff to uh, uh, consume all of my life. But I'm on there, and I, you know, I do a little bit from the racetracks. But at the end of the night, I, I, I think I drove to two twelve, sat down, ordered a beer, and I opened my phone, and it was like you know, a hundred some notifications. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> Open it up and it's it's Twitter followers just from from people all around that were watching on Dirt Vision. And then when I, you know, I was like, well who is this? Who's this that messaged me? And they're in you know, they're all over the country. It's it's a really awesome time. And now, you know, people around this country, you know, we know who Chuck McGilvery is because he's had a tremendous career around here racing forever. Now people around this country are tweeting about Chuck McGilvery and they know who he is. And they know that there's this 68 year old man in South Dakota that still straps in and, and, and drives a 410 sprint car every week. And that, that's really cool. Yeah. And that, you know, Houston's is rare because it's on Sunday. I mean, I the yes. from what I've heard, Dirt Vision is really good because it they have a ton of followers. I mean, Houston's is one of the few that goes every Sunday. Yeah, when is when you think about weekly racing, it's Friday night and Saturday night yeah. all over the country. You know, IMCA World they've got you can race you can race every any night of the week. Uh, you know, modifieds and stock cars with IMCA. And, you know, that's really cool. I enjoy tuning in and seeing them on a, you know, a random Wednesday night. Oh, Alta Iowa's racing. Cool. I'll tune that on. Um, but, yeah, I think Houston's is in a, in a really unique spot being a Sunday night deal. Um, they certainly didn't have that in mind when they, they started racing Sundays some 60 years ago. But I think in today's world for Dirt Vision, uh, I think it's fantastic. That was a great for call right way now. back then. Right? They just didn't know it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> now their great great grandkids can uh can see it and see what it's doing yeah so you talked about the high bank hundred thousand dollars to win this year um is you know is todd queering gonna is gonna make Houston's basically in eldora or knoxville i think his long-term plans are, are right like that um i was listening to him last year on the open red podcast with the world of outlaws and he was talking about uh, having to figure out someday how to put bleachers along the backstretch at Houston's. And so I think he's got tremendous long-term plans for, for Houston's and you know, how cool would that be? Um, so we, we'll see. I think, you know, you put somebody with, with racing passion um, like he has with, uh, 
with the vision that he has and the abilities that he has, it's it's, it's going to be a pretty cool time down here. <laughs> I, I'm thinking in my mind when you said backstretch, I'm thinking Bristol. Let's do bleachers all the way around. <laughs> yeah, he did say on that podcast, he said, you know, too much stuff flies out in the corners. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I want to put corners, uh, bleachers, but... Uh, yeah, it was, it, I think it'd be really cool. I think there's potential, you know, it just, it has to be supported, uh, to grow just Absolutely. like any, any business. So, um, you know, if, if racing fans in our area and racing teams in our area want to see that place continue to grow, that's, that's what it's going to take. I'd have to agree with you on the stuff flying out the corners too much. Cause it was what, two years ago or something. Maybe then there was somebody's drive shaft part. It was stuck in one of the billboards outside of turn three and four. <laughs> That was, uh, if I'm thinking of the right one, I think that was from Dan Jensen's street stock years ago. It flew out and, and hit that. I yeah, don't remember that. It sat the in right there one. for quite a while. They didn't bother to yep. take it out right away. Nope, nope. I didn't, I didn't uh, shimmy up the scaffolding to go get that one. <laughs> that that could, uh, could stay. And, and, you know, you remember back in the day before the, the wall got added on to and it was still pretty short all around there. Oh, you know, they put, they put sprint cars in the parking lot back oh, yeah. in the day. So. And now, if you're you're watching, you know, I see a lot of the highlights and stuff from Australia, and they've had they had a car here a couple of weeks ago, almost got over the fence in a flip, getting into one of the corners, and and they sit all around most of the racetracks down there. It was, uh, it was I, I don't I don't think I would want to sit on the outside of a corner at a racetrack, but uh, they do. I'm it's a, all that uh, methanol moonshine they drink down there. Maybe I got a I had a right rear tire end up on the back of the push truck a few years back too one time the guy hit the wall and it hit bounced off one of the uprights on the fence and turned and come straight into the infield on us yeah. we had one yeah. in the uh in the grandstands i i protect my i didn't know where my son was at the time and my hand touched the right rear the that time it bounced over the track at houston so yeah that was crazy yeah you gotta you know uh you go to uh you go to a baseball game and baseball bats fly and, and baseballs fly you go to a hockey game and there's you know pucks can yep. come in if you've got the good seats so it's just like any other sport you know you got to pay attention yeah, and, attention you want to uh, be watching what's going on yep yep you should always be watching that's one of the cool uh vantage points that i have sitting behind everybody is mostly when, when the races start you'll see a few phones going you know people are taking videos or whatever but like when there's when there's a break, it's like boom, the grandstands light up. I can see everybody's phone screen, and then we're going racing again. Boom, all the all the screens go dark. It's it's kind of cool to sit and watch up top. Yeah, I bet. Hey, so you've been through the Rubens, uh, Chuck, and now Todd. Um, yep. What's what's been the biggest difference for you? I mean, um, I'm sure they all had their own ways. Um, obviously, Chuck made a a ton of improvements before he. Uh, left us high and dry, whatever you want to say, but, um, what, what's each one of those been like for you? Oh, I, you know, they're all, they're all pretty different. Um, uh, when it was, when it was the family deal with the, with, uh, Greg and Steve Rubin, um, you know, that was family. So, um, our days started on Sunday with lunch. We'd all meet out there about 1130. We'd eat at noon and it was, you know, from the grandparents to grandkids and, and guests. And, you know, that, it, that was really family. And honestly, that's one of the things I missed the most was the, the family feeling of that time. Um, cause we were always gathered out there. Uh, it's just 
you know, what you had to do to keep it going. Um, but pretty laid back. I mean, obviously they were very hands off with me with what I was doing with announcing. And I was uh, always announcing with Mark Tassler at that time. And I think we made a pretty good team. Um, I think we've got very different styles, but I think we made a really good team and balanced each other out. So we, you know, they were very hands off when it come to managing us. Um, the sales guy at the time, you know, he had all the sponsor info. So, I mean, it was, it was pretty, uh, pretty easy going for us when we would show up to the racetrack to do our job. Um, the following session was very different. Um, <laughs> maybe leave it at that. Uh, uh, there's some stories to be, to be shared, uh, maybe over some beers sometime with that, uh, that was a very long year. Hold you uh, that. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a long year out there, and um, I, I had never I had never been managed as an announcer um, until that point, and so it was very different um, to sit there and see my phone light up with text messages all night of uh, I hate this song, don't play that song. Oh, <laughs> like, okay. Oh. Sorry, you know. Um, <laughs> well, you'll have to come down to Hoagie's Garage and tell us some of those sometime. I, there, there's some good ones. Um, and then, you know, working with Todd now um, and, and Doug Johnson and and Taylor Queering, um, it's it's really they're they're pretty hands off with me as well. Um, I'll see Doug before the races start. Doug's the manager. Uh, you know, he'll give me the. Uh, you know, lucky prizes to give out that night, the lucky numbers. And, you know, he's sent me all the, the sponsor stuff for the night during the week. Uh, so we'll, we'll BS for maybe 10 minutes before the races or 15 minutes. And then their hands off with me the, the rest of the night, which is, which is nice. Uh, I, I think I've done this long enough to prove myself. And um, I, I think you can trust me to, to do the job that I'm supposed to be there. And if, if you don't, then, then we've both got a problem. So, um, it's nice. They're, they're really hands off. Um, we, there were a couple times this last year, just out there early where Todd come along and we just kicked back and, and just talked just two dudes talking racing for, for an hour or more. And, and that was really cool. And so that's what, that's, that's, what's really nice to, to, to do is to be able to sit back, you know, and, and just kind of relax and, and talk racing and stuff with, with somebody who is so deeply involved with it now, like he is. Yeah, you're definitely involved when you got that World of Outlaws team and two tracks to run. You better stay involved. So, yeah, yeah, he's. Uh, I can't imagine some of those uh, some of the stresses when his race car is racing at his racetrack. That'd be a that'd be a stressful deal <laughs> for me. Um, another thing, you got any? Can you give us any insight or anything on what you expect from this season at Husets? I think it's going to be a great year. Um, I can peek into uh, the backside of their website where they're doing driver registrations now and starting to see um, some new cars come in and register, uh, particularly in the, uh, the IMCA sprints. Um, I think that class is going to just continue to grow. It's, it's a great set of rules that really makes sense um, for economical sprint car racing, which is really an oxymoron. There's no economical <laughs> racing, but, um, you know, you, you can, you can put all the rules on an engine package that you want and make a, make an $8,000 engine package. But if I can convince you to pay me $40,000 for it and somehow you go in, you know, the, the prices of everything go up, but, um, I love that class. And I think that's going to continue to be very, very strong. Uh, the 410 division, you know, when we were 
at this point last year, one year ago from this moment, um, everyone was going, well, it's cool that Houston's it's opening, but how many four tens do you think they'll have? Like 12? What do you think they'll have? And I think there was one night was like 16. The rest were right around that 20 to 26 all season long. And that's perfect for a Sunday night program. And I think, I think you'll continue to see that number, you know, right around that area. Um, I, I could see, you know, a few of the NOSA guys being more regular down here this year. Um, it's tough. It's tough for them. Uh, they got to go. Get, they got to go home and work Mondays. Yeah. And I know from from the years, you know, working and managing out there, when you would make phone calls during the week, trying to get like, okay, well, we know this guy broke this last week. This guy is going to be gone. We need to round up four or five, four tens to come in. And you'd call and just like, hey, you know this is our payout. Can you come, can you come to Houston? And, and the thing you would hear a lot of was like, well, it, it's Sunday and I got to work Monday. Yeah. Um, but I think you'll, you'll, you'll continue to see more, more guys being able to make that commitment and understand it. And so I think you'll see that. Um, I have no fears on car counts. I think you're going to have a, a really fantastic year out there at Houston's again. And, and the street stock class, like, what more can you ask out of that group? Like yeah, uh, such shows. an awesome, awesome group. All right. Hey, we're going to take our last little break here and we'll come back with some rapid fire questions for Sean. The Laurel Ridge barn, it can host corporate events, fundraisers, award ceremonies, family reunions, photography, studio time, and always weddings. This barn is absolutely spectacular. If you have not seen it, you have to go to their website, laurelridgebarn.com. You can also call them at 605-951-0867. You can call or text that number. Again, that's 605-951-0867. They are located at 47677. Slip Up Creek Road. No, I didn't make that up. It's 47677 Slip Up Creek Road in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So if you have a wedding or any of those other things, give them a look because I'm telling you, this place is amazing. All right, we got some rapid fire questions here. So Sean, what kind of car do you drive? Uh, glorified mom minivan. I've got a Chevy Equinox. All right. <laughs> What's the fastest you have ever driven on the highway? Ooh, um, probably shouldn't answer that one. Uh, not not as good as some of the stories you've had. I, I, we've all hit ninety something around here, right? It happens. <laughs> um, Go to flavor of ice cream. Mint chip. Um. Kind of get the same answer on this question all the time, but who's the best race car driver out there right now? Um, I think if you if you wouldn't say Kyle Larson, you would be uh, you'd be yeah. uh, a fool. <laughs> but I, I I think hands down Kyle Larson, and boy, it, it's 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 hard to not argue that he might be the greatest of all time across the board. I know I know the Sammy and Steve and Wolfgang. Uh, uh, you yep. know, from from that era and shots from from when he was at the top, there it's hard to compare them. But uh, the success across so many different disciplines is really hard to argue against. 
Me about. Uh, let's see where are we at. Um, who are who's the better drivers, the Aussie drivers or the American drivers? Ooh, um, my my apologies to uh, Wade Onger and Linton and the other Aussies who may listen to this. We're gonna have to go with the Americans, but I think. Racing in Australia is greater now uh, when it comes to to you know, sprint car racing that we pay attention to. I think they've got a better racing program going on down there now than they have at any point in their history. And they've had some really iconic racers uh, down there. And I, I think right now they've got really good things going. Yeah. And, and now with all the stuff we got, we can watch it, which is even better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember in high school. Oh, this is rapid fire, but I'm going to tell you the story. I remember how cool it was in high school when like you know, the internet was becoming a thing and you could look up racing results, you know, during the school year from Australia and you could see like, Oh, look, there are sprint cars in another part of the world. That was cool. Now you can sit back and watch it. Yeah. Yeah. You can go back a little further. I remember waiting for the open wheel magazine to come once every month or two months and then catch up on what happened. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. You're going to have to see if you can get weighed on this show for us. <laughs> I will. I can, I can do my best. He is, you know, he's one of the coolest guys I've ever met in my life. When he walked into the booth at Houston's this last summer, and we hadn't met until that moment that I put a microphone in his hand and said, we're going to talk. And they were, uh, they had some issues on the track. They were doing some work. And he and I just got to BS back and forth on the microphone. Such an awesome guy, humble and you know, us announcers, we can we can be egomaniacs. I, I'm guilty of it too at times. But he came in, and he was just a polite guest. If if he came back in during the 410 feature and was just kind of standing back watching what he could, and I was like, oh no, you're getting up here and announcing now. <laughs> Get up here. So he's a really cool. Dude. He's one of my favorite parts of the Nationals when he shows up and all his different little things he does before the races and stuff. It's just I enjoy the heck out of it. Yeah, and the the one of the coolest things I think that happened for for him this year, um, the IMCA Super Nationals down at Boone. He ended up being their yep. uh, infield reporter with uh, Jerry and Ryan, and he took that whole week long show to a whole new level. <laughs> it was incredible. All right, hey, back to the questions. Yes, what, what's uh, the best Christmas present you've ever received? Oh, I'm bad at this. Best Christmas present. Say something you got from your wife then. Yeah, you know, uh, boy. Uh, I got a new RC car once. That was really cool. I'd never had a new RC racing car. I, that's my hobby through the winters. I race RC cars. So, so uh, that was a really track cool somewhere guest. you go to then, I take it? He, uh, yeah, so I'm a giant nerd, right? So I chase racing all over the area all summer long. And then when the winter comes, you know, and I've got some free time, I decide that's a great time for uh, me and, and Hayden. And uh, Jared Nitro races with us every week, too. Um, we drive to Rochester, Minnesota every Saturday all winter long to race. <laughs> okay. That's the reaction most people have. They laugh at us. Oh, no, that's awesome, though. They're a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, and it's you, you break it down. We spend seven hours uh, a windshield time there and back, um, and a race with an RC car is four minutes, and you do two qualifiers and a feature. So um, I drive seven hours to race twelve minutes. It's really awesome. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> um, another quick question: How many speeding tickets do you think you've gotten in your lifetime? Then 
Zero. Zero. That's a new record. Yes. Well, set to the cruise. I, I did get pulled over this last summer. Maybe it was the year before leaving Wagner. And uh, we had, oh, I, I don't remember if it was a tri-state late model show or MSTS sprint show that I was down there for. And um, it, it ran a little late um, down there. And I wanted to get home. And uh, just outside of town, clicked uh, clicked over a hill and car on the other side sitting uh, in a field approach, flipped their headlights on. And I think before he was even turned around, I had pulled over in the next field approach. And knew it was coming. <laughs> Got in his car and uh, he knew who I was. He worked, uh, it was a highway patrol trooper who, uh, if on his off nights from his job, works on the, the Wagner Fire Department at the racetrack. So uh, that played to my favor very, very well. <laughs> didn't hurt anyhow didn't hurt what's your favorite meal oh i'm a steak guy i love to grill a good steak that a boy you bet uh last one what's what's the best racetrack in america oh you know what the best racetrack in america is any racetrack that's racing oh boy yeah. that's a good answer right there <laughs> cover your uh i i love our racetracks here uh, Houston's has been home for me uh, since uh, I've been going there since I was two. I grew up in Hartford. I love working at Hartford out at I ninety Speedway. Uh, that's hometown for me uh, stuff. Uh, and I live now four minutes from Houston's. I love those places. Uh, but let's be honest: any racetrack that can keep the doors open and keep putting on a quality show, that's a great racetrack. All right. Hey, thanks so much for coming on, Sean. Is there anything you want to say uh, before we go? No, I had a blast, guys. Uh, I can't wait to get my invite down to the garage this summer and uh, sit back with a couple of cold ones with you guys, and uh, we'll we'll turn on Dirt Vision and Flow and, and Advantage and all the other ones, and we'll watch racing from all over this country. Don't have to wait for summer. Races start this week, you know. <laughs> That's right. It's time. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks so much. Take care. All right. Thank you, guys. You bet. Bye. All right. Bye-bye.